Hi there, welcome and welcome back. On today's segment, we have our very first guest with us. She is a DJ by profession from Trinidad and Tobago, also known as DJ Charlotte. And she's also a BTS ARMY. On this segment, we talk about the radio landscape within Trinidad and Tobago, as well as what Trinidadians listen to on the radio. Apart from this, we talk about Spotify coming to the Caribbean market and how does it affect or impact local artists. Furthermore, we talk about Charlotte being a BTS army and what it means to her being a Caribbean army. Also, we take a look into uh, what does it mean to be a BTS army, more so a Trini army within the Trinidadian space. My first question for you is, so tell me, you are a DJ by profession. Is that something you always wanted to pursue as a career? Not in the early years. Um, I pretty much looked at being a DJ as a hobby. And I actually wanted to get into medicine. But I realized that... Um, that DJing wasn't just a passion, but something that I could make a full-time career out of. So it took me a while, maybe, in my second year in university, that I realized that I could do this full-time. I could pursue this full-time. Okay, that's good. um, I also, when I was looking up information about you, is talking about female DJs, and that there's a need for more female DJs, and that you would want to mentor female DJs. Um, that was like what yeah. I think two years ago. What do you do? You think the landscape has changed in terms of female um, DJs or? No, I I think the industry is a lot more accepting of female DJs now. But the female DJs themselves still need to find a sort of avenue or opening. There isn't really any kind of opening for them to put themselves out there so I do that's where I would like to help them to kind of give them the opportunities that they would need to push their career but definitely the industry is more than ready and needs more female DJs okay so okay well I was going to ask you about the DJ scene in Trinidad on the whole and how it differs from radio Mm -hmm. Like, you know, uh, 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 how the DJ scene is in Trinidad and how it differs from radio, like from different from um, uh, live events to radio. Um, I mean, radio is, is very structured and I would say limited in terms of what it depends on what um, radio station that you're on. So if you're on an urban radio station, you more or less have to go down the urban path of mus- urban music. If you're on a pop station, etc., etc. Um, in terms of events, it's kind of like an open field. Um, people book you based on you know hearing about you from other events or based on you know what kind of mood they want to create for their facts. That's basically how they go about. How I would go about DJing and sets as opposed to radio. Radio is very structured and limited, and there's an order. Okay. Um, do you think, like, how do you think people in Trinidad, how they go about listening to music? Um, like, I mean, it has technology now where it have a right of a variety of different music you you could l- listen to on different platforms. Yeah as well as radio do you think people um still listen to radio as much or do you think there's a particular generation or generations that listen to radio um i would say that the older generation still listen to radio um i wouldn't say religiously but they are the ones that pretty much are keeping radio alive right now the younger generation um, look at other streaming platforms like Apple Music, YouTube, SoundCloud, and while Spotify is about to launch in Trinidad, and um, I know for sure that the younger generation is going to be on that heavier than radio. 
So I, I think that the young generation sometimes listen to the radio, but not as much as the older generation. Mm-hmm. I remember a time yeah. where I used to well listen to radio a lot, but now yeah, I just... Yeah, everybody. I, I, I think probably when you get older or something, you just phase out. I can tell you that, yeah, um, radio has already phased out in my opinion in terms of they don't have the same influence, they don't have the same audience as they once had. People used to more or less look at radio as the platform to mm-hmm. hear popular music or, or be introduced to new music and that doesn't exist anymore. Now you can basically search whatever is trending and radio will be now catching up to the new music that's out there. So radio is definitely behind in terms of um, releasing new music to the listeners. Do you think um, it's like, okay, we have these, we have the traditional music like soca, reggaeton, um, dance, or mm-hmm. playing on the radio. Do you think also to, as you say, popular music, do you think um, it is a bit more like Americanized? Like it has American influence? Like- oh, definitely. Uh, one, 100%. Mm-hmm. Radio is based off of music that is from the Western civilization of the world. We in the Caribbean have based our music, what we listen to, based on what's trending on that side. So the hip hop, um, R&B, um, pop to an extent, and well, the Trinidad in particular, I would say we are heavily, heavily influenced by dance hall. And as much as we have our on soca radio back in the day was like a heavily dance or based platform i think it's only after time we really started to push our own music soca because it felt like at a time that radio really only used to push dancehall and hip-hop and not even soca so um the only station that i would say that started playing pop on an urban radio station was slam Slam was the first station to actually play like a Justin Bieber song or a Taylor Swift song or all the mainstream music that the younger generation at the time was listening to. All the other stations were just mainly dance all hip hop and soca. That's it. And like some reggae. And that's about it. Okay. So as you know, the career in itself it has many hidden gems of talent, right? So, mm-hmm. how would you describe the landscape of musical artists besides from the traditional artists that perform like um, Soka and Calypso, like, you know, those independent artists like Jimmy October, um, Cal P, um, have, um, yeah, Cal P, yeah. Um, Annalie um, Prime. I think they have the ability to, um, put their music out for the rest of the world, not just Trinidad. I think that's really the intention because we tend to hold back a lot of our local talent. We don't really show appreciation for them as much. Mm-hmm. So I think it's appreciation think that, for art on the whole. Yeah, like we don't really, we aren't, we aren't a very open-minded <laughs> not really that open-minded new music we don't really like to to listen to new music we like to keep with the familiar music music that we, we know like just like dance or soca so when a, a local artist tries to branch out outside of that and tries to sing something that's a different genre we aren't really as accepting of it i think only now that we are actually showing appreciation to these new artists and only now realizing how much talent is coming out of this country, not just soca artists, not just producing like the Trinidad and whatnot, mm-hmm. but we have artists producing mainstream, we have them producing pop, um, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's only a matter of time before these artists really push themselves to the point where they become internationally recognized for us in the Caribbean to be like, oh yeah, then then we acknowledge that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's sad, but it's the reality of things. Yeah, because um, I think I was interviewing, mm-hmm. what's her name? 
um, Anna Lee Prime and she was telling me that how that um you know that she wanted to go she didn't want the song to Caribbean but she you know she wanted to do her own thing um, yeah a lot of artists want to do their own thing but they yeah. need to in order to get any kind of traction in the Caribbean yeah. they tend to like sing something that's familiar to them first mm-hmm. before they come out and say well this is what I really want to sound like this is what I want to do so most of them will branch off into soca yeah. sing a soca song or something on a rhythm or something and then they will come out with the music that they want to because yeah. it's a matter of familiarity in the yeah. Caribbean we aren't think... really we don't we aren't open to new things yeah. new music especially I you think, know? like for example, I think, um, like Nyla Blackman. I think before I had seen her, yes. I seen her decibel before um workout was um before workout came or before mm-hmm. she blow up and stuff with Soka and I'm like, I was like, because mm-hmm. I was like waiting to hear her, all her other songs, but I know she released um I think at EP or something, wow. and she had different songs in it. Mm-hmm. So I Fun think that fact, was good. I, I know Nyla. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nyla and I, we did a Malta campaign, a campaign for Malta, and that's the first time I actually like met her, and she was just starting out as an artist, and at the, the commercial, the shoot, she had to go on stage and sing one of her original songs, and this is the first time I ever heard her sing, and she started to sing the song about um, cigarettes. Yeah, that is the song, yes. Right. That's so beautiful. Right. So, right. So, this time I've heard her sing it, and I got so much chills here, and her singing, and this is her live singing, just her mm-hmm. guitar. Like, you don't even need to hear, it, like, you was, don't even need to hear the instrument playing, her voice itself. It's such a, her voice, and I was just blown away by her talent, and I thought, wow, this girl is gonna go places, and when I say places, I mean outside of Trans mm-hmm. she has that international appeal, her... And I realized that she never really wanted to sing soca. She only decided to do it probably just to become familiar mm-hmm. to the Caribbean as an artist. Only to use that familiarity and to like push herself outside of Trinidad. Because the fact is, a lot of these artists, you need that local support. Mm-hmm. You, you have to start. It has to start at home. Mm-hmm. And at home, Even we accept soca. We accept dance. You understand? Mm-hmm. But I know for a fact that definitely wants to sing outside of Soka. I know that Soka isn't her first love. Yeah. I mean, she's good at the Soka. She's produced massive hits. But I'm pretty sure she wants to branch out into other genres and do what she really wants to do. And it applies to all the other local artists. Mm-hmm. You think um, the radio support for the independent artists like Carl P and Jimmy October and um, Rye and all of those people do you think they will have like radio support i mean in terms of like okay money might go into that but like you know if people just want mm. to play something because i think 951 when i was young i used to listen um, to this um well i can't speak on behalf of other radio stations but i would say for slam we definitely do push the local talent um we try our best to put out not just the soca council um, even go back to Mark Hardy and Young Rod when they, they put out um, local rap. Um, I don't know if you know about Nebula. That was, um, you know, hey Chappy. He was a part of a group called Nebula and they used to actually rap. Like they had a whole mm-hmm. kind of EP with like tracks and like rap songs yeah. and, and one, even an EDM song. So I would say that we tend to push it, but I don't think as a whole mm-hmm. the radio industry doesn't really push yeah. it enough yeah. we don't we will quicker we will quicker play popcorn and skilly bang and, and all these other artists the only i would say the only thing local that we are going hard on is the trinibad music and that's because the trinibad music now they don't trinibad that whole scene that whole genre they don't need radio <laughs> they have their own I should say they have their own generation, they're their people, everybody listens to it. They, it's become so popular mm-hmm. that radio had no choice but to play the music. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds bad, but yeah. to me, I find that radio didn't support, we didn't support the local music. Because only when mm-hmm. on the outside people are listening to the Trinidad music, then we realize, oh wait, 
everybody is listening to this, we should be playing this too. And that, and you could talk to like other producers of Trinidad people who have managed these artists, and they'll tell you the same thing. Radio did not support them at first, and they might say, "Well, you know, well, it was because these songs, message behind these songs, and all of these things." And we'll give you all kind of excuses, but we would shun our own and yet we would play all the cartel and Mavado and popcorn and and idonia and everything else and yet we have such huge talent down here so and then it's reached a point where no one is really listening to jamaica dancehall anymore like people are actually more on the trinidad music more than dancehall which i never thought i would see happen but that's that's what's happening right now but the thing too is that you never know if that they might get collaboration for big, from big artists too because that's what sometimes they already artists... have really i know that tj artists like tj and kelly bang who's like really trending in jamaica right now mm-hmm. and real hard over here trending here as well i know um you know so artists what's his know. name maluma he did a reggaeton i think a whole reggaeton video thing and it had all these different um jamaican artists see so i mean i feel like we could the artists here yeah. could definitely do something like that they've reached to that level that peak where outside is here and them and i don't even realize how big it is yeah okay so moving on um since you know spotify coming within um 15 caribbean countries what do you think do you think it will be a shift? Obviously, I mean, yes, there will be a shift in the music landscape mm-hmm. for the local artists. But you also think, um, do you think Soka would might be a little more global? As well as a part of um, um, recognition for more local, non-traditional artists? Mm-hmm. What I like about Spotify is it definitely is a plot new music that you've never heard before and mm-hmm. is on there. Certainly for the local actors, there will be a thin music out there and to get more listeners and whatnot on a global scale. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of Soka, I would I can definitely see Soka being elevated. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's just one platform, it's it's an important platform. Spotify Yes. You know, it seems it's to chance. be more more relevant than Apple music. Even though we've always had us just mm-hmm. way bigger. So I'm I mean I could only hope that soca music finally becomes a worldwide genre, but you know, we'll see how it goes. I'm really thankful like it's about time that Spotify comes yeah. to a lot, of, finally. a lot of people um, a lot yeah. of people were asking them even too I asked I was like when are you coming to the Caribbean market and they were like um, brace yourself for something that they will be coming soon and I was like I thought it was a fib <laughs> um, okay <laughs> nah I think it's about time it's about yeah because they were saying that okay that they wanted to create a global music industry i want to know if um music if you love love music do um has music shaped you in any way on any form and what are your influences um definitely music has shaped me i mean it's basically the base of my career and that's why i really wanted to reach further not just um like mixing music as a dj but as producing my own style of music so i've actually um produced a few tracks an ep that i'm releasing soon um it's like instrumentals that i've actually made uh that basically expresses how I felt during this whole pandemic and also tracks to kind of put people into like better, a better mood 
um, and since I've influenced, I'm influenced by all kinds of artists, um, not just local but international in all genres. It's like a huge list. I'm also influenced by um, DJs as well, local producers, you know, pretty much people that have the experience and knowledge in the field. I mean, there's so many influences, like I honestly can't really list them because we'll be here all day. But um, local producers, I would say like uh, Badger Republic, Precision Production, System 32. Um, you know, like there's so many other local producers that I, that I really have huge respect for. And in terms of artists, well, yeah, <laughs> lots of artists. Um, I'm a huge Coldplay fan, Drake, I'm BTS. getting Coldplay tonight. Uh, <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> um, local, obviously, um, I, I would say like Casco and Dubois, obviously, the, the Marshall, Bungie, all of these things. Um, huge fans of the younger artists so like voice uh pretty second star you know the upcoming ones as well so like i said i'll if i start listening we'll be here mm-hmm. a while <laughs> but yeah yeah okay so moving on well as you know my audience wouldn't know that i am conducting a study about um BTS, aka ba- aka Bangtan Sonyandan. Um, more, I'm focusing on a mm-hmm. study on the BTS Caribbean Army. Mm-hmm. And um, my study is focused on three categories, in which you fit one of the um okay. part where the radio part, the initial part of playing K-pop within the Caribbean nation, more so Trinidad and Tobago. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So what I want to know is, as you were saying that, um, well, the radio station that you work at, you all play pop, all kind of different music as well. So mm-hmm. um, do you think, or like as a listener, I don't know if you listen to other stations or whatnot, but do you think K-pop is represented in uh um represented on radio well well not well but in a way in a okayish way because I know there was a certain um, um there was a certain radio station that um had like a K-pop segment I think every every day or something. Or every particular day where they played for a few hours and stuff um, but mm-hmm. um, somebody read, wrote that in the study when I was looking through the um, responses and um, I think someone I asked uh, a previous DJ they were telling me about it but they said that it wasn't seen enoughly the um, their boss didn't um, think it was enough because people not listening to that or something but I see people they um what they do is that they they still they request for the music and stuff like that but you see it don't have much people that are active but i see that mm-hmm. um, you know how people converse on online and stuff so i think um how the caribbean is how we so friendly and stuff they would be like um some army members from the different Caribbean countries be like could you vote on this and whatnot and some of them from different countries they actually go on the app that does play the music and stuff you know to give their support and vote and whatnot so I find that cool but but since the dynamics of dynamite it has definitely changed so do you think it has given um radio in Trinidad a more leeway to play more K-pop to be a more I think, listener I, I 
think what you have to understand is um not all radio stations yeah are the same so they have specific um sounds and when it comes to k-pop k-pop is something that is still very much new Mm -hmm. to the radio world so i think the station that they were talking about that actually played all the k-pop songs is hot 93 yeah they seem to be like the only station Mm -hmm. that will actually give the listeners mm-hmm. a chance to hear their favorite K-pop songs and whatnot. Someone was told, I mean, telling me. Is... Sorry, some. What's up? Someone was told me to star nine four seven. They play the. They just play their catalog or something. Star nine four seven will play um the popular. So like they will play songs like Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I heard Boy with Love on Star Star nine four seven as well and Blackpink. I don't think I've heard like the other K-pop groups, um, as much as on like Hot 93. So like those stations are classed as like the pop mainstream kind of stations, mm-hmm. but like other stations like Nine Six One, Red, uh, Boom Champion, Slam, yeah, um, they are all under like the urban category. So you wouldn't hear them venturing to play K-pop because that's not their target audience. The audience is a whole different group of people that don't even know about K-pop, and I think the average person maybe now might have heard Dynamite and that's it. Yeah. As in, they're only familiar with that because Dynamite has made an impact onto Western civilization. Dynamite is playing on this side of the world now, and also sad to say, it's because it's in English. Yeah. And I think that it's going to take a while for the Caribbean to accept music that is sung in Korean because the radio stations are very like competitive with each other. So they know that people are like listening in and out, in and out. So they basically, their goal is to ensure that people don't switch the station to like another station. So like they tend to play the music that is familiar to the listeners as opposed to pushing something that's totally different so i don't think in my opinion we can on slam i mean we we started playing like the mainstream and stuff but as a as somebody that works in a station you know i i had to actually kind of bring it up in a meeting a programming meeting that you'll need to listen to this group called bts and you'll need to recognize them and see that they are big and they are good and they're good they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger and i feel like we need to play their music and i got a real fight down for it because when they listened to the music it was like it's not english and i was like yeah but <laughs> it's still big and mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure that there are going to be people that will want to hear their songs but mm-hmm. they don't see it as they see it as, as like a small group now like not not a big mm-hmm. enough people to request it all the time it's only recently we started to put um bts on the library like the music library in our station and i would be like real campaigning that we we need to start playing the song because only when they came out with dynamite and dynamite topped the charts and and kind of took over then (laughs) these songs were like then they started to play bts on rotation on slam like every day but that's as far as it goes now so it's hard enough look at how far bts has come and look at how big they are and it's still questionable to play on certain stations so far less for the other k-pop groups that haven't even reached that level as yet it's going to be even more difficult to um to crack into the caribbean you know, and also we have a very backward way of thinking, you know, we, yeah. we aren't, like I said, we aren't accepting of new things, so as much as BTS is huge on the world, to them, they're still kind of questionable here, you know, which is really sad and disappointing because, I mean, to me, they're such a huge impact, they have such a huge impact and influence around the world, and yet being the Caribbean are very close-minded, and we don't really open up ourselves to, like, 
that that kind of music. So dynamite is the only thing that really made an impact, mainly because it's in English, and that's the truth. Like as you were saying, like for me, I I grew up around K-pop. Like my friends told me about it, mm-hmm. and like there are groups in Trinidad. Like you know, you have the anime and stuff. They have um, they have like mm-hmm. events where um, where just um cosplay and stuff. The cosplay. Yeah, and yeah, like the Korean, yeah, I know about that. the Korean embassy, they just have um free cultural events too. But as you're saying that, um, they. Trinidad people backward mm. and it it promotes a way of of like stereotyping and causing conflict between cultures, you know. So we have a long way to go. Huge stereotype because I can tell you the first time I we do we have a very long way to go before we even accept K-pop before we even accept BTS because I feel like BTS are on like a different level of K-pop. I yeah. think they've gone beyond the level of yeah. K-pop and are now like I remember considered as. Mm-hmm. mainstream artists I remember you know, Billboard so the first time that is the only reason why we've even given them a chance mm-hmm. to like listen to them you know it does make me think of the local because artists here yeah it does my thing is the first time I discovered BTS um, well I remember a friend put me on to K-pop for the first time, and she introduced me to groups like Shiny and EXO and GOT7 and Blackpink and TWICE and whatnot. And I was like, yeah, this is cool, but it didn't like, honestly, I wasn't like fully impressed with it. I was like, this is cool, but then I discovered BTS. And how I discovered them is they were, I think they were on MTV or something like that. And the host was talking about them. And I kept hearing the name. And then the song, I think it was Boy With Love, I kept somehow just hearing it. Not on radio, but just when you're on your phone and you're skimming through and you kind of just hear the song. And it's only then I decided to look them up. And then I was like, wow, like, you know, I told my friend, I said, you should have stuck with this group. Because something about them really stands out from, like, all the other groups. And not, like, downsides and all the other K-pop groups, but I just feel like they have something very different, and that's why they are big, and that's why they they, they are, like, at that level, and the other groups are kind of, like, behind. But I think um, I'm also, like, I like Blackpink as well. Mm-hmm. But I think BTS in particular is very, um, very more mainstream, very more accepting like their music is a lot i would say they they meet the lyrics easier yeah. to yeah like to connect with as well you know so like something about them i had a much bigger connection with their music than the other music and yeah. i think it's because they they sing about what they want to sing you know they they write about what they want to write they express themselves to their music because so like really i really today's... respect that about them you don't really hear about that in today's Yeah, and like, I just... Exactly. And I kind of went down the banter rabbit hole when it came to them. Not only, like, in them as artists, but as persons as well. Mm-hmm. But in the music industry, um, they are still kind of, Like, everybody knows the name now. But in terms of, are the radio stations going to rush to play their music? I don't think so. The only time they really rushed was when Dynamite came out because, you like I said, radio kind of waits until people are like, oh my gosh, this song is so good, only then to play it. So radio, radio is not the transact. we are mm-hmm. the transactors, we are just the people that yeah. play what's popular or yeah. what is out there, I'm... which, you know, which shouldn't be the case. Yeah, I think I remember but, yeah. but when they was, um, they had when um they made um life goes on as a single and um i was now going to say this because (laughs) life goes on came out yeah first ever non-english first ever korean song to top the hot 100 and it did not play on local radio and i was furious because i was i remember i was in the meeting i was like guys the song is the number one song on the hot 100 right now and it is in Korean, a hundred percent. Like it's like it had maybe like one or two English lines, but the fact of the matter is, it's a big deal. 
and they kind of brushed it aside yeah. simply for the fact that it wasn't in English. Yeah. It wasn't one hundred percent in English, and I was like, "This is, this is how radio works." And like other stations, you would not hear a single K-pop song playing on that station because that is just not their target audience. That's not like the people who listen to their station do not listen to K-pop, mm-hmm. and there's no. But I mean, there's no like change in their minds about it but you know they have they have a whole list of genres that they could play you know and they're still playing these weird these other um like poppy poppy songs i remember like i never used to like dna and stuff because i, I just found that the american market was weird but i understood it because they were trying to cater to an audience a pacific audience yeah i think that's why that's why they made DNA, in my opinion, just to kind of branch out. And the same struggles that they go into in terms of getting into the American market <laughs> is what our local artists are going yes. through, getting into their own market. You have to kind of give them something that's familiar to them, and only then will they be like, oh, cool, and then you can go about making the music that you want to do. Mm-hmm. So, like, Dynamite, Boy With Love, when I listen to their older songs... And I was like blown away at how good these songs were, but I didn't hear any of these songs on, you know, in the American market because those songs aren't really familiar to them. They don't, they don't, they don't know about that. They think of pop and mainstream. It's kind of like their thing, and you kind of mm-hmm. have to sound like that, you know, like. Mm-hmm. This is how we recognize pop and mainstream. And then I guess when they came over, like DNA and Boy with Love, that sounded a little more familiar to what they knew. And they were able to break into the American market using those songs. So yeah. it's, it's a realm. If you were to follow the dynamite era, you would understand how biased the US music industry is. Oh, no, yeah, they're, they're completely biased. Like, they. Like, they're also xenophobic and if you think the xenophobia is bad in the states it's even worse in the caribbean because i mean we i mean if you ask any average person yeah, that yeah, isn't yeah. familiar with k-pop or bts yeah. and you introduce them to they, they would the kinds of things that they would say mm-hmm. as like really really xenophobic and racist but that's just because they aren't accustomed to seeing guys look like that Mm-hmm. wearing makeup or having you know different color hair or wearing you know that kind of clothes like they will judge everything before even giving them a chance to like listen to the music they would judge them before they even hear what they even sound like so keep up in the caribbean has a long 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 way to go and i think it's gonna just more or less filter into these stations that are accustomed playing the mainstream and the pop music but in like the in terms of the urban radio stations i don't see k-pop being like a, a main genre in those stations they are still pretty much narrow-minded and focused on like dancehall soca reggae mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of mainstream but not that much not that much at all um. Well, I was going to ask you if there, if there would be like a, a possibility of a market, where, um, with, like since Spotify opening in the Caribbean and you know people could stream and whatnot, because since that, that's the the major um, music market, you know, to get streams from, uh-huh. and you know that they would look at the data and stuff. Do you think that? It could be a possible market where artists could come and do concerts in the future. Artists like like K-pop artists or just um, artists in general. Artists in general. Um, with like the streaming, um, I don't think it really depends on those factors for artists to do concerts. Mm-hmm. Really. It's really who is willing to spend the money to bring them to, you know, wherever it is. Mm-hmm. That's really what it comes down to. I mean, I thought of if BTS would ever consider coming to the Caribbean, and I, I don't think they would. I think that yeah. the fandom 
isn't as huge and it's not because of the Caribbean island is small, it's just they are not as huge in the Caribbean as in other countries. So mm-hmm. it like logically it wouldn't really make sense for them to like do a con unless they do a bond voyage. <laughs> I mean as much as we would unless they do I was just thinking like yeah, they would probably maybe want to visit the island and mm-hmm. do like a bon voyage season. Although they they don't seem to like hot places, um, yeah. Weather. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see. I mean, hopefully. But in terms of concerts, I they go where you know where they most wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's really whoever puts out the money and pays for them, and they have the numbers to fill up the stadiums. That's where they go. And they have fans all over the world, so it really. Even Comes in Antarctica, to, you know who is. Mm-hmm. Like they will go, they will go. They, I know, like India, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Because I said rallies and brings them to India, they will go. I said before COVID, but they would go to they, India or Russia. They probably will. Yeah. You know, they have a lot of their fan bases over there way bigger than ours here in the Caribbean. So our closest the closest we can get to seeing them is when they come to the States. So Do you also too, um, since you say you listen to some other K pop groups, do you what do you think about the influence of the Caribbean like the Caribbean the kind of Caribbean influences in the music? Um, they have somewhat influences in the Caribbean music. I think more from the America, they're more influenced by America than the Caribbean, especially, oh. um, like black culture. Well, yeah. They're like heavily influenced by that, especially when they sing their R&B kind of songs or their hip hop mm-hmm. songs. Yeah. Um, I mean, even if you, you ask a lot of them, they you would have musical influences and they will name they were quickly named the black, the, the black artists, you know, the rappers, the, the hip-hop artists, the R&B artists. I think one of the most um, common instruments that they use is that, like, the... Black culture has definitely influenced K-pop. The most common instrument mm. that they use for Caribbean influence is the really... steel pan. <laughs> you, you never listen to Yeah, the steel pan. I think as only because... What's that? I say you never listen to these um any steel band. Um, the steel band. If you listen to these any steel band in any K-pop thing, like some of them is have like tropical stuff. Like, yeah, they they call they call it tropical, good, but I think they would just use that aspect because mm-hmm. um. The America, America has used started using pan yeah. um, in their songs. Yeah. So, so pan would definitely be an influence, and they would tend to call it tropical. So they'd have like a tropical remix version to a song. But I don't know if it if it comes from the Caribbean directly, or if they see that you know America and black culture using it, so they kind of use it all for that. Um, no, Afrobeats is also another influence oh, God, that yeah. they Like Idol, you know in Idol where they um, um they did the um Idol. Yeah, Idol, they had, they Idol had the, was heavy and yeah, so even from the, the choreography to the costumes, everything. The only thing that yeah, they give so like in Afrobeats, Idol is the they um they would use that. The only thing in Idol that they give us is the um <laughs> the thing with Peter Minchel um design. <laughs> yeah, and you didn't hear um well like. Yep. I want to hear more of the Calypso. But, you listen to Disease at the end? Yes, 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 yes. I love that song. Oh my gosh. But I, I wonder if it is they know yeah. that these are Caribbean influences and not just um, mm-hmm. like black culture, American, mm-hmm. I see you know, African American culture. Like, I just don't know if. if mm-hmm. I suspect they did. I don't think they've they probably did, but they just, I think they did. But some of these influences. I think they're more aware of like the Afrobeats and, and this kind of culture, mm-hmm. but 
you know, they don't realize that some of those influences came from the Caribbean first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Cause I, I, I think you know, on... it's just uh, really more of a, I guess, them doing the research. Yeah, I think on BTS run they were doing that. I think what is Limbo or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think it has, like, they have, um, people well, that in the fandom that does do research on on army itself because when i did my virtual booting with um archery okay. journal they some of them were saying that they um that mm. they are aware of their um the event taking place so they probably watch they probably pass by and watch my boot <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, I think they wouldn't stop to be like, where, I wonder where Limbo originates, and I wonder where the Moko Jumpies originate, you know, like, things like that, I don't think, mm-hmm. I don't think they would do that right now, yeah. but, I mean, it's nice to see some sort of representation in their movie, but, yes, like, whether um, they know it or not. Yeah, like, because they, I think they get, like, I want to know who has mixed their music, like, for the MMA. I think it was 2019, 2018 with Dionys, with the breakdance, the breakdance, where you're hearing the Caribbean mm. accents. <laughs> it's like, what? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, maybe, maybe, like, people in the camp know, you know, and, and have... The yeah. knowledge of the different influences and stuff, but them as artists, I'm not sure. Yeah. And I also feel like the fandom itself, like the army fandom, tends to, I don't know, forget that the Caribbean exists. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> you, you never see the um, um the everybody tries to. You never sh- see like Caribbean armies ever again acknowledged or you yeah. know like we always kind of shun. It is only comfortable because to... we aren't big enough, but then that. Yeah, we tend to be ignored a lot. You didn't see you know? the struggles of the Caribbean I army. I the tweets. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I saw the tweets. Like honestly, we. I feel and I agree because it's like honestly, it's feel like we don't really mm-hmm. exist now. Yeah, because <laughs> when know? I put my so... archery journal um thing now, I put it that way at the bottom, and I see they put it at the top. So that was nice because they say that how. It's mostly like they mostly hear things from European army or American army, so I was like, okay, that is nice. Mm-hmm. But have some of them that it is, they don't really shun yeah. <laughs> So, but um, oh yeah, we got shun a lot. We got forgotten a lot because we're so tiny, I guess, for them. We're yeah. so tiny in terms of the, digi- the digital space. But the dig- I think even to oh. those people who write like articles and stuff like that, they always look and read. I mean, there's some of them that they don't mm. even bother. They just do something for like entertainment clicks. Um, but also to what mm. I want to ask you, I think the last and final question I want to ask you is, um, like, like have you seen how, um, have you ever been in the army space in the public eye? Like, have you ever seen anybody wearing merch or like, you know, like if you see somebody, um, <laughs> I think I saw a billboard of like to get BTS masks. Oh yeah, so I see tweeted that. <laughs> yeah, and I was I was like, what? But no, I actually haven't really seen I, and they like, had it publicly oh. anybody wearing like a BTS like merch or anything like that. <laughs> I mean, I've had people like yourself and other local armies like say hey you know I'm, I'm into BTS and I actually met um uh two girls Regina and Hani yeah, and I when I was kind of like tweeting about uh like BTS and stuff and they was like oh my gosh like you're, you're a fan and I was like yeah and then we kind of ended up meeting and um we actually got concert tickets to go to see mm. them in Orlando last year, yeah, and mm. that was a whole drama and a half just to get the tickets, but wow. when I met Regina, she was telling me that, you know, that she goes to the concerts and, and they went to the one in City Field, mm-hmm. and um, when they go on tour again, um, they go in and it was like, you have to come and you have to experience a concert, so I was like, well, yeah, I would love to, because I was just kind of getting 
myself involved in the whole, you know, BTS Army fandom. I just I just listen to the music and just watch the shows and whatever. And then they kind of reached out to me and I was like, I was like, no, you need to you need to see them in concert. And I was like, okay. And then we we struggled, but we got tickets. And then well, then this whole pandemic started. So, but um, yeah, the one the local homies that I've met, they're all really nice, really sweet. I haven't really gotten the chance to like go in public and see anybody like repping them hard, you know. But I just see them all over. Not yet, because I would say that a lot of homies. You do? Well, yeah. I don't. And there's a particular grocery, I think. <laughs> and I um, wish I could see them. I think there's a particular grocery, I think Extra Foods, oh. they always used to be playing their catalogue music. You know, um, by the grocery by, I think by um, Starbucks in Price Mart in Shigona's there. Mm. Yeah, they they, just mm-hmm. play, they used to rap, play their music. So that was good. Well, so too, well, when that's you, good. When you see, I wish I could see that more, but yeah. I, I know they are around there. It's just yeah, that to see them, to, you know, yeah, to see them. I know they're around. I know we have quite a few fans yeah. in Trinidad. Yeah, um, it's, but it's to just kind of mobilize everybody or get everybody to just mm-hmm. meet up. Is, Jamaica have a lot, but I mean that currently can happen. Mm-hmm. Mm. I know. I think I know we... there's a lot of fans. Yeah. I know um, Puerto Rico have a good bit, Guyana too, Dominica have, uh, I remember I was watching Data and it was 1.4 streams for Dynamiter and I was like, like, because I see that they have a fan, they have a fan account but I'm not seeing the numbers from there so I'm like, because I was shocked, mm-hmm. so I'm like, where are going to find these people? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Like, we are such huge fans of them, but we feel very disconnected because, you know, we, like, quite over here. Mm-hmm. And, like, we don't really get the kind of attention, not even from the fandom. Mm-hmm. You know? So, we do need to stick together and meet up and, mm-hmm. you know. I hope they expand on the Because a lot, of, a lot of time, yeah. <laughs> well, I hope so, too. I hope so too. Yeah, and I hope they know where they got the nickel influences from. But I also too that they look for underground people. So you never know they might decide that they want to work with mm. um like like Calpi. And he have like a Sony um kind of um he has a, a Sony contract. I, yeah. I think so. So I, you never know. Yeah, Calpi is a thousand. You never know they might want to work with Jimmy October. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. You know, like you never know. Yeah, because he had the connection with um Uncle Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah. yeah, I do hope one day we could really all meet up. Yeah, that'd be nice. Because it honestly it does feel like you can't really talk about them mm-hmm. to anybody because mm-hmm. like, they wouldn't really understand. Mm-hmm. Like you try, I mean, I just talk to them, talk about them with whoever, I don't really care, but like just to get the responses, it isn't the same. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they, they would not understand they how just, they, they just they aren't open to understanding them. And they'll be like, why did you stand in these? I'm Korean man, like, why, you know, like, they don't really get it. Unless they know what... So, I mean, I expect not everybody to understand. Mm-hmm. Unless they know what Korea, South Korea is I... about, then they will probably understand that, you know, South Korea has... Yeah. they they more oriented. Mm-hmm. I think I really admire them the most for, like, the fact that they were, like, the underdogs. Mm-hmm. And... You know, they used to get fight in their own country and only mm-hmm. to come out as the biggest, you know, group out of all the other groups, you know, when they were shunned by their own people. And I really admire that I was on my people that, you know, hard work over talent in my opinion. I mean, they already mm-hmm. are talented, but they put in the work. Mm-hmm. And you can see that. You can see how much work they put in. And they don't take anything for granted. They don't yeah. take the popularity, the success, not yeah. of that. They're and that's so something, humble. Something that and the if, West need to pay attention to. 
Yes, exactly. Something that local artists here need to pay attention to as well, because you know it is reached a point where mm-hmm. you know humility will go right out the door, and everybody feel the reach. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I also think but too the that the biggest point band in the world, mm-hmm. they're not calling it that. <laughs> I think I, but I think it is because how the way that how um how army the fan base does move that they have a lot of free resources and the stuff that they do, you know, because when you look at it, it's almost mm-hmm. everybody about in everybody in the planet know about them somewhere somehow. Exactly. And they tell somebody. Oh, and I find that amazing and fascinating. Yeah. Like if you could ask the average person, tell them the name, they will tell you that I've heard the name. They might not have heard the music or whatever, mm-hmm. but they heard the name already. And that's mm-hmm. just goes to show you how huge they are. Mm-hmm. People that aren't even in the target audience know about them. So. Yeah, and they take up the name for BTS <laughs> behind the scenes. Yeah. That was, that to me was so catchy. I was like, that's brilliant. Because my like, already too, use a team that is familiar around the court, you know, yeah. around the world. Yeah. And make it into something else. The <laughs> trademark on it. <laughs> because that, I mean, mm-hmm. because people wouldn't and want to learn the name. They put a trademark on it. They wouldn't look, want to learn the actual name, you know? So that's why. Just BTS, and it's easy to remember because it's already something that everybody knows. Everybody knows that to BTS behind the scenes. Everybody knows about it. So it's genius when you think about it. Yeah, but I wonder if people just get upset when somebody comments on it and say, "Do me," because I remember scissors like. Probably, I mean, scissors had come on BTS or something, and then people thought that was, she was collabing with them. Yeah, I remember that. I just, get, like, oh, I just get blasted. confused when people started to use BTS now. I'm like, what? Because <laughs> I just have to read. <laughs> it just be confusing. Yeah, I have to take on like a second. I have to take a second look and be like, what's that? Was, were you talking about BTS? Oh, you mean behind the scenes. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I think I remember one yeah. time too. I remember seeing a girl with... um. <laughs> BTS merch. And I saw, I saw, I got so excited on this person thought I was like getting on for that without far boy. <laughs> it was so funny. Like when I started I know I remember when I first tweeted about it and somebody was like, Oh my god, a local DJ is a BTS fan. Yeah. Like, what? I was like I was like, Because <laughs> I just and I just started talking about that man. I remember when I first started this study too because I was like can't I was supposed to start it like two years ago but I didn't have enough courage because I seen how like um you know how people just treat people <laughs> on the on digitally but I didn't think I would get enough space yeah. so I ended up asking um local other like Caribbean um accounts to help now um but I, I end up having to do majority of this stuff um but they just shared out for me which was good so, um, one of the girls was like, I remember they used to tweet, they used to retweet, so I'm obscene. I was like, so she's a DJ, so I was like, I want to ask her if she could help me with this study. So I ended up, t- I thought, anytime I post something, I, the first post that I did for it, a lot of people were seeing it. And I think, I don't know if Twitter deleted it or somebody reported or I ended up accidentally deleting it. So now I don't have any <laughs> retweets. So, but I was like, uh, um, anytime I post any information to like give an update and whatever, I just forget because I was like, I want you to see it now. So, so, so you probably, probably message and ask if you see the DJ thing now. Because I know that would be up your alley.
thank you so much because I didn't think you would have like replied to it, replied to the message as soon as possible. And I, I was scared too, but I was like, you know what? Is either the person say yes or no? And you could always find other alternatives or keep on trying. Yeah. Well, now you know you can reach out to me at any time. So yes, thank you. Hi guys, as we wrap up this episode of this podcast, I would like to thank Charlotte again for agreeing to come on to speak. Um, so yeah, also, how about we play a little bit of, a little tease of Dynamite, just for the sake of it. <laughs> you guys in the next one. Take care. Bye.